Hi, welcome to the First Step Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Fleming. We know that many of you are sharing custody and co-parenting, and so today we are going to talk about how to help your preschooler transition between two homes. Welcome to the First Step Podcast from your friends in Wombaland. This podcast is designed to give you practical tips that will help you lay a strong spiritual foundation in the heart of your preschooler. Hello, my name is Kendra Fleming, and I have been a part of North Point Ministry staff for 17 years. I'm the mama for amazing and grown-up kids, and if you know me at all, you know kids and families are my favorite. Today, we're going to talk about what it looks like to help your preschooler ease through the transition between two homes. You see, we know in our community there are many families who have gone through divorce or separation, and they are trying to navigate this idea of co-parenting with their preschooler. We know our parents are great parents, and they're trying to get this right, but sometimes it is challenging challenging uh, to do this without stress and anxiety for their young child. Now, today we have an expert with us. Her name is Erin Nicholas. Erin Nicholas is a registered play therapist and a licensed professional counselor, and she has lots of experience with families and preschoolers, helping them deal with grief, stress, divorce, and anxiety. So I'm excited to have you here today and ask you all kinds of questions, Erin. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, um, like you said, my name is Erin Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Um, I live here, I'm local here in the Alfreda Johns Creek area. Mm-hmm. Live here with my husband of three years, Greg, uh-huh. and our precious little puppy, Lucy, yeah. who is part Border Collie, part Spaniel, and full of energy. Um, <laughs> but I'm also a registered play therapist and licensed professional counselor with the Summit Counseling Center mm-hmm. in Johns Creek. And in my role there, I work predominantly with children elementary and under mm-hmm. and their parents mm-hmm. and deal with a wide variety of issues. Well, we've um, our children's ministry staff has heard from you before, yes. and so we know that you have a lot of excellent advice to offer us. And also a regular attendee. At yes, myself, you so. are. You are, and you've jumped in and volunteered on Upstreet many times. So yes. it is. It is. It is really great to talk with you today. Now, in our community, it is not unusual that we have children in our environments who their parents have been divorced or separated. And and what I really do know about our parents is they want to do a good job with this. They want to co-parent well. Uh, they want to set their kids up for success. And and when we were talking, I felt like you had some really great advice that would help parents like navigate the situation well, and especially for preschoolers who are maybe going between two homes, uh, really set them up for success. So um, one of the first things you talk about is the importance of consistency. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So going back and forth between two homes, mm-hmm. inevitably, nothing is going to be exactly the mm-hmm. same. In reality, two homes are going to look a little bit different. However, if we can implement as much consistency as possible, Mm -hmm. whether it's the days and times of transition being the same Mm -hmm. or having a general routine that is somewhat the same, like bedtimes or um, meal times, whatever we can do to breed Mm -hmm. a little bit more consistency, that helps children feel more stable and secure. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you talked a little bit about rituals, and I thought that was very interesting. And then I, the more that I kind of was reading about that, I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense because you do that with preschoolers all the time in all kinds of situations yes. to kind of prep them regularly for a change. Uh, so kind of describe that to us a little bit. So it really helps ease a child's um, fears or anxieties when mm-hmm. there is something that is the same around that time of transition. Mm-hmm. So I work with a lot of families that have been through this, and a lot of them will do You know, when a kid's going from one home to another, Mm -hmm. at the new home that night, they may have the same spaghetti dinner. Or they may have a game night before, you know, going to bed. There's just something that's the same that signals to their little brains, I'm in my other home, Mm -hmm. and now I can settle down. Yeah. 
That's great. That's really great. Okay, rules and boundaries. I know this is a big one. Like sometimes one parent has a different set of rules and another parent has a different set of boundaries. And of course, even when both parents are in the same home, this happens all the time, right? Um, So this is not unusual. And and we've all been raised differently. We have our own like value system on rules and boundaries. So kind of really get into this one because I think this is a pretty common stress point. It's definitely a stress Mm -hmm. point. And I do want to stress here, it doesn't have to be exactly the same. There is no single perfect way to parent. There are lots of different ways. There are as many ways to parent as there are kids. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is that there's some level of crossover. Mm -hmm. Now, at the preschool age, you're not doing a lot of big, heavy-duty consequences. You know, it's like a three-minute timeout for a Mm three-year-old or a four-minute something for a four-year-old. So it's pretty short and sweet. But, for example, if something gets taken away Mm -hmm. at mom's house, Mm -hmm. but they're literally about to get in dad's car, dad needs to follow through with that and vice versa. Um, It really helps when there's some carryover so that kids see that their parents, even though they're not living together, Mm -hmm. they are still on the same parenting page. Mm -hmm. And the younger they are, I'll just be honest, it does help to have some of the same rules. It's hard for them to distinguish (laughs) one house from the other just yet. As they get older, it gets easier. But at this age, if we can have some things that are the Mm -hmm. same, that's really beneficial. So how do you suggest parents, like, get on the same page about that? Like, how do they get on the same page about, like, there's consistent rules? Uh, I I remember even just with my husband and I, I've worked with young children a lot more than he did. And Mm -hmm. I would have to say, like, hey, let's explain that the same way in, like, three words every time because he just wasn't used to it. And he would have, like, a big discussion about it. And I'd be like, she's three. Just three words. Obey right away. You know, kind of thing. Um, So how do you help parents, like, kind of get on the same page? Do you have advice for that? I think the most important thing is going to be communication, mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to be the case whether you've got two parents in one home mm-hmm. or two parents in two homes. Mm-hmm. It's all about the communication and sharing with each other, hey, here's what I did that worked, wanted yeah. to let you know, yeah. um, you know, not forcing it on them, but sure. offering it in a polite, hey, this really worked for me right. kind of a way. And yeah. you might see some more willingness on the other end to, okay, maybe I'm going to try that. Yeah. Now, do, do you find, and I have to believe you do because it's just true in all people, mm-hmm. that there's typically one parent that is way more consistent and kind of ramped up about um, behavior and how they manage it and then another that's very more, much more laid back or? You know, I think it kind of depends on the family. Uh-huh. I do see that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I see some parents that actually co-parent beautifully gotcha. and they were on the same parenting yeah. page yeah. before and after sure. a separation. So, so it really depends. It is more challenging for a child when parents are on different pages. Yeah. That creates a lot more stress and anxiety in the child. Sure. And um, w- as we kind of get to the end, I want you to be thinking about this, but uh, I want you to kind of talk about what happens when we create that stress and anxiety mm-hmm. with the child. So, yeah. okay, let's jump into number four, which is polite interactions. Um, I happen to be very close to a co-parenting situation that they struggle with this right Mm -hmm. now, and it's kind of a fresh new thing. So kind of talk about that a little bit and kind of talk about the ramifications to children if that's not happening. Right. Yeah. You know, anytime a couple is going through a separation or a divorce, Mm -hmm. it's an emotionally charged environment. And that's that's normal, right? right? Um, However, I think the most important thing is to remember that when it comes to co-parenting, it's about the kids mm-hmm. and not about how the parents are feeling about the other parent. Yeah. It is about what is going to be best for my child in this moment, and can I put my own stuff aside for mm-hmm. the five minutes it's going to take to to exchange them mm-hmm. at the house or in the parking lot? Because every parent has a different system, and they're mm-hmm. all they all they all can work. 
Um, but children need to see that parents are polite mm-hmm. and cordial. Mm-hmm. They children are very intuitive. Yeah. They're very they read things. Yes, they see they things um, more than we realize. So they notice the tense body language mm-hmm. or the eye roll or the, the really the gritting of the teeth. Yeah. Um, so body language. Yes. You know, being relaxed, being calm, asking how the other person's day was. Mm-hmm. Um, simple little things can really ease that interaction and put the child at ease. Sure. And I know um, sometimes parents think like when it's a young preschooler that uh, they won't pick up on all that. But that is right. actually very untrue. Yeah. Very young preschoolers can pick up on that. They tension. pick up on everything. And it's mm-hmm. not unusual around those times of transition for a preschooler to become emotional mm-hmm. or clingy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important too not to rush the child through the process. Mm-hmm. It's not personal towards yep. the parent. It is a little one having yeah. a hard time struggle with that transition. Sure. So giving the child time to say goodbye, mm-hmm. hug, cry a little bit if they need to, sure. and just ease that transition and work together mm-hmm. to make that as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. It gets easier the longer you have mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, number five is having two of everything, yes. which makes so much sense, right? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you don't want them to feel like they have to pack a bag every time, right? Right. Like, right. Yeah. It's a little bit different once they're in school. Obviously, they're going to have their book bags sure. and their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. But with preschoolers, they're not traveling with all that much. Yeah. So it's really helpful to have toys in both places, right. toothbrushes in both places, yeah. to- or clothing in both places. Yeah. That way, they don't have to lug a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Now, having a transitional object, if mm-hmm. they have one particular, like, stuffed bunny rabbit yep. or a little lovey blanket, yep. that needs to go back and forth, and the parents need to make sure that it makes it into that little bag that they're going to take with yeah. them because that that object, that's their safety. Sure. That goes with them everywhere. Yeah. So that's good as well. But ideally, let's have those basics yeah. in both homes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, give them their own space. So let's talk about that for a minute, which I, I would think most parents would do that really automatically. But do you find that sometimes they struggle with that a little bit? Well, what happens a lot is when there's a physical separation, uh-huh. you know, one parent may stay in the marital home uh-huh. and one parent may be finding a new space, sure. whether it's an apartment sense. or staying with family mm-hmm. or friends. Mm-hmm. And so it seems obvious, but yeah. reality is it doesn't always happen right away. Sure. And it's no one's fault. Right. It's just the nature of the situation. Yeah. And so whenever possible, we want to create a space for them so that when they go into, you know, a house with a parent, Mm -hmm. if it's not their home home, Mm -hmm. it feels like home. Right. So, and ideally, you know, parents will get settled as quickly as possible. Yeah. But again, there's reality. Yes, there's reality. whatever we can do to give them a space that is theirs, Mm -hmm. that makes them feel like, okay, this is my space. This feels comfortable. This feels like home. Mm -hmm. That'll really help. And every time I come, this is my bed. This is my bed. This is my room. Yeah. Even if they have to share with their siblings. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you think about sharing with siblings? That's pretty typical, right? It's very typical. Yeah. Very typical. Yeah. I I shared with my brother until I was (laughs) in like fourth grade. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I think this last one is a big one, and it's validate emotions. And um, especially in preschoolers, they already have a lot of emotions that they don't have a lot of control over right now. Mm And um, I loved what you said earlier, like, them doing a transition and having separation anxiety, that happens all the time in all preschoolers. Right. You know, that's not an unusual behavior, but a transition to a whole new home or spending the night mm-hmm. somewhere else that they're not that's new to them is going to bring emotion, right? Yes. And this whole situation is going to bring a lot of emotion that preschoolers are going to kind of show in a different, non-typical way sometimes. Yes. So can you kind of talk about the ways you would see them show emotion, like what you could expect and not be alarmed by? Sure. And then how to validate. That's great. Sure. So one thing I always tell parents when they're in my office is that 
Feelings are never wrong. Right. They just are. Yeah. Now, behaviors, that's a little bit of a different story. Sure. But with preschool-age children, they don't necessarily have the words mm-hmm. to express their emotions just yeah. yet. They may not even know the words just yeah. yet. So children don't tell us what's wrong. They show us. It comes out a lot in behavior. Mm-hmm. You might see more temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. You might see um, changes in sleeping patterns. Mm-hmm. They might want to sleep with you more often if they're not already, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, let's face it, a lot of them yeah. do. Yeah. Um, you might see them withdraw from activities or mm-hmm. cling more to one parent than the other. It's things that are out of character mm-hmm. for your child. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's temporary, and it yeah. will it eventually passes, yeah. but sometimes it lingers, and yeah. that's a good signal to parents, okay, something's not meshing well with my kids. Mm-hmm. Something hasn't quite settled in. They're really struggling with this. Mm-hmm. So 99% of the time, it's behavior. Yeah. Well, take that back. There's one more little piece, which is the physical <laughs> symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids will complain of, you know, tummy aches mm-hmm. or my head hurts. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good. Yeah. And there is a very physical component to anxiety. But I think the biggest thing for kids is they can't tell the difference mm-hmm. between a nervous tummy and a sick tummy. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say they don't feel good. Yeah. But they're not sick. Yeah. But that should be a, a red flag or a signal to a parent. Something's not going on. Yeah. Something's not right here. Yeah. They need something from me. Yeah. And so then at that point, the most important thing is you don't have to approve of a behavior, mm-hmm. but you do need to validate an emotion. Because mm-hmm. again, emotions are never wrong. So anytime we can state out loud to our child, you're feeling sad right now, mm-hmm. or you're upset because you left your doll at mm-hmm. mom's house. Yeah. Those words tell a child, I'm here for you, mm-hmm. I understand you, and I care. Mm-hmm. It also gives them some of that emotional vocabulary mm-hmm. that they're going to internalize and probably spit back out at you a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Okay, so we gave you seven things. Um, uh, Aaron gave, you, gave us seven things. I'm going to go back through them. Number one is consistency. Number two is rituals, like um, always a spaghetti or pizza dinner or something that the kids kind of look forward to and know that I'm now at dad's house. This is what we do. Um, Getting on the same page about rules and boundaries, polite interactions with each other, uh, having two of everything at each home, giving them their own space and validating their emotions. Now, I know parents a lot of times will think like, okay, I'm trying to do everything the way that we should. I, I really want what's best for my children in this situation. But sometimes kids just still struggle. This is a big like life change mm-hmm. and life transition. And especially preschoolers, you just talked a little bit about um, how we might see those struggles come out. So how do you tell if your kid is struggling and how do you like pay attention to that? I think the most important thing is to notice those, you know, longer term mm-hmm. uncharacteristic changes in behavior. Yeah. If something is lasting longer than what you would normally expect for mm-hmm. your child, that should be a signal, okay, something's not quite right here. If you're seeing these behaviors generalize into other areas, if all of a sudden they're having trouble at preschool or daycare mm-hmm. and you're getting feedback from their teachers, something's not quite right here. Yeah. That's something to pay attention to. Sure. You know, most ki- kids are really resilient. Yeah. They typically bounce back fairly quickly from these things, especially mm-hmm. when we put a lot of these, you know, seven things in sure. place. But if it feels like it's dragging out and nothing mm-hmm. you do is working, yeah. if parents have implemented lots of different things and they're trying their hardest, which mm-hmm. all parents do, yeah. and it's still not working, yeah. that's a time to say, okay, maybe I need to reach out to somebody. Maybe I need to see if there's mm-hmm. someone else that can see if there's something mm-hmm. going on that I'm missing because they want what's best for their kids. Sure. Now, obviously, we can't 
um, control all people in the situation. No. That's uh, we wish we could probably, yes, but it wouldn't be healthy if we did anyway. But yeah. um, but what is your advice for a parent that one of them is committed to kind of working through some of these seven things and, and mm-hmm. they they are really trying to do what they think is best for the child and, and the other parent is not on the same page about that and maybe kind of even uh, digging in their heels a little bit and they right. can't quite figure this out together. Do you have advice about next steps that would maybe help them get to a healthy place? You know, if if two parents are just on completely different pages right. and there is a lack of willingness to work on it at this moment, there may be time later, sure. but right now the focus needs to be on, okay, how can I make my home as stable and secure for my child as possible? Sure. We can only control ourselves. Right. That's true. So I often encourage parents, focus on your home. Yeah. I know this is frustrating mm-hmm. and it's okay that it's frustrating, mm-hmm. but focus on your home. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a month or two, we might mm-hmm. be able to try this again. Maybe let's get into some co-parenting classes mm-hmm. or um, arrange a coffee date to talk over you know, the sure. things that we're seeing with each other. Yeah. But until that time mm-hmm. happens... Focus on your home. Yeah. Make your home safe and secure and a place where your kid can be yeah. at peace yes. and calm. Yeah, that's great advice. That's really – focus on what you have what responsibility you have control for over. Yeah, in that yeah. moment. Now, I know you have uh, several resources that you think would be helpful to families in this situation. And so uh, we're going to link those in our show notes Wonderful. for parents so that they can have access to those. And um, just kind of as we wrap up, Erin, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Thank Thanks you for, for sharing me. your expertise and your experience with us. And parents, I just want to remind you that all preschoolers, no matter what their family, home situation and dynamics are, they really need us to be as consistent as possible. Uh, It helps them feel safe. It helps them feel secure. And and when they transition in any way, whether it's to a preschool for the day or to grandma's house for babysitting or from home to home, it helps them have a sense of peace. Uh, We know you guys love your kids and that you're doing the very best you can. And we hope today that this content is very helpful for you as you navigate parenting between two homes. Thank you for listening today. And we hope that you have a great week.